Support for this podcast comes from ClickIQ. ClickIQ is an automated job advertising platform that uses the latest AI and programmatic technology to manage, track and optimise the performance of your recruitment advertising in real time. Spend is focused, where it's needed the most, to reach both active and passive job seekers across Indeed, Google, Facebook and an extensive network of job boards. To find out more about ClickIQ, please visit www.clickiq.co.uk. That's www.clickiq.co.uk. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 188 of the Recruiting Future podcast. As automation continues to build at a relentless pace across pretty much every business sector, the debate about the potential robotic future of recruitment intensifies. Who better to discuss this with than my guest this week, Jim Stroud. Jim has been a frontline corporate recruiter, is a pioneer of sourcing, and a prestigious producer of content. These days, he's VP Product Evangelist North America for ClickIQ, and is a keen researcher into both the future of recruiting and the future of work. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Jim, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you, for the for the very few people out there um, who may not have heard of you, could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Sure. Um, my name is Jim Stroud, and I am the VP of Product Evangelist North America for Click IQ. Um, I serve at their pleasure, <laughs> and what I do is that I tell the uh, I spread the gospel of Click IQ how our um, automated job advertising platform will save companies time and money. Prior to Click IQ, I've worked for Google, Microsoft, Siemens, several other startups um, along the way. I've helped to found SourceCon, the uh, premier global sourcing conference uh, in the world at the time. I've written several books. I have a weird, wacky kind of video series that talks about the future of work, and I also have a podcast which also talks about the future of work. Fantastic. And you are a prestigious creator of, uh, of of content. And also, I know that you're someone who is kind of out there constantly looking at the market, constantly looking at what's innovative um, in recruiting and, and what might happen next. What's what's on your radar at the moment? What, what are you kind of uh, seeing a lot of that's uh, of most interest to you? Sure. Well, I see a lot of uh, concern <laughs> from recruiters who think that machines will, will take their jobs away. And I want to assure as many recruiters that may be listening as much as possible, that it's not a us versus them. It's not a, a Terminator <laughs> kind of situation, if you remember that, that movie. Uh, I, I think it's more of a Tony Stark scenario. You know, there are some things, no doubt, that AI, machine learning, um, and how that is impacting um, recruiting activity. I mean, you can see now how you have a lot of um, tools out there assisting recruiters with resume collection or parsing or going through database, uh, maybe even pre-screening with chatbots and so forth. 
But there are several things that only recruiters can do. And I think that as more machines, as, as and I say machines, I'm uh, uh, denoting AI, machine learning, and things like that. Uh, there are things that machines will do and will always do, and there are things that human beings can do and always do. Uh, machines will are very good at taking um, at doing repetitive tasks. So as the recruiter's job changes over time, which I think it will do because of the um, the the uh, movement of of AI in the recruitment process. I think it's going to change the recruitment, the recruitment job uh, duties that they will have to do. So all that to say, I see recruiters jobs changing over time. Uh, I see recruiters doing more things like uh, becoming marketing strategists and maybe relation, more relationship management. They, they do a lot of relationship management now, managing relationship between the candidate, managing relationship between hiring managers. Um, but I also see them being marketing strategists. Uh, doing things like uh, assisting in promoting the employee brand uh, of a company, letting the prospects know that not only is it a great place to work wherever they work, but it's also a great place is evident by their social media footprint. So just as recruiters can look at candidates uh, and their background, candidates will also look at recruiters. And if they see that recruiters are doing things uh, in the community or hanging out with their workmates and they see evidence of that in social media, then they're going to assume that it is truly a great place to work because I see it on the uh, recruiters on social media. I see recruiters focusing more and more on closing. Uh, since they spend more majority of their time speaking to candidates, I think since they want to do things like scheduling uh, and other tasks that, that uh, robots or automation will handle, They'll spend more time closing candidates, building more relationships with candidates, getting more referrals out of candidates, which is something that uh, machines don't necessarily be able to do because human beings want to feel that connection with another human being. And so they may they will be more likely to share referrals and information they know with uh, another human being more so than, say, a machine. I think also recruiters will be spending a lot of time uh, identifying uh, the unique potential of job seekers. You know, a, a, a machine will look at a resume and they'll get information from it. They'll maybe infer certain things from the resume itself. Uh, but the machine won't be able to look at someone and say, okay, I see you've done X, Y, and Z. Have you ever considered doing A, B, or C? Because uh, I think after talking to you, even though I don't see it on your resume, I think you may be good for this other type of role. So machines don't have intuition, so to speak. So I think that would be even more of what a recruiter would do. Um, I really see recruiters focusing a lot more on negotiating, which is something we're doing now, but even more so then because it'll be more of a core competency. Um, when I look at recruiter training, a lot of the recruiter training out there is about how to find people that are out there. Um, I don't see as much training around um, uh, negotiating so much for recruiting. Uh, and I think we'll, I'll see more of that in the future as that becomes more of a core skill that recruiters would, would need to have. Um, 
So, yeah. So basically what you're saying is that, you know, rather than uh, being replaced by, by robots, that the, the recruiters become like Tony Stark and are augmented by technology to help them, but they're still very much a human, a human inside the suit. Yes, very much so, which I think also accents the need for recruiters to have a strong emotional intelligence quotient and also to have really strong interpersonal skills. If you were to do a search on uh, DuckDuckGo or Google or Bing or something like that and do a search on millennials losing interpersonal skills, uh, you'll see that there's a lot of research out there where uh, some people are saying that because of tech addiction and other factors that we're losing a generation that has the uh, ability or maybe the propensity to look someone in the eye and talk to them, you know. Um, carrying on a conversation, uh, being able to debate something without becoming outraged or upset. And those are things that companies need a lot more, uh, even more than ever. I mean, if you do a search on the top skills of the future, a lot of them are around soft skills. You know, is can you problem solve? Can you uh, resolve conflict amicably? You know, can you build relationships, maintain relationships, things like that. So I think... Uh, along with that Iron Man suit, has to be a empathetic human being on the inside of it. And I think that companies are more sensitive to it than I think the candidates are these days. That's really interesting stuff. And there are obviously a, a, a lot of uh, changes going on or starting to, to happen um, when it comes to the role of recruiters. Um, what about the, the, the market that everyone's working in at the moment? I know that you're someone who's kind of worked extensively around the world, um, you know, looking very carefully at how uh, how recruiting's going. How How easy or difficult is it to, to be a recruiter right now? I think depending on how well you have, how well you maintain relationships is a direct correlation how good a recruiter you are, right? Uh, I always say that the best recruiters aren't necessarily the ones that can find the most people, although that certainly helps. I think the best recruiters are the ones that can maintain their relationships with the hiring managers who can discern what it is they want and can talk them into uh, interviewing people. Uh, It's amazing to me how uh, some recruiters can find all these people, uh, but then they just don't get past a certain point because they don't have the relationship with a manager that will facilitate them getting people hired. So uh, from that standpoint, I think that is the number one uh, ability a recruiter needs to have. Secondly, they need to have a good, uh, good technical acumen. I mean, there are a lot of tools out there that will help them find people. But unless you have that critical skill of being able to talk to people, maintain relationships, all the tools out there are, are really going aren't are really going to help you all that much. Um, but that being said, there is something to be said about finding the right candidate to talk to. And I think that uh, to find that right candidate, you're going to have to rely on a talent attraction strategy. And this is why, why I say that. Um, over here in the States, and uh, you probably see it over there as well, There are there's a story every other day about some sort of data breach, about some sort of information um, being hacked or something. I mean, it seems like every other day I see something like that. And so what I'm noticing is that people are starting to become a bit more privacy conscious over here, meaning that they're not going to put as much information about themselves online as they had before. And I think that 
brings about an interesting problem for recruiters and sources for that matter, because all the different tools you have out there for finding people, they basically find information that's out there. But what can but what do they do when people are not putting the same amount of information out there that they used to before? So uh, when you have that type of situation, you're going to have to attract people to you. And so to do that, you will have to do things like programmatic advertising uh, to attract the talent to you, which is um, which is why I see the next big trend is, you know, when you think sourcing nowadays is about finding people. But I think even that definition of source is going to change to how well you can attract someone to you. Um, and that's really interesting stuff, because um, for the probably the last sort of 10 years plus um sourcing has all been it has been about how to find people how to find people that other people can't find um but as you say it's based on it's based on data that's uh, data that's out there um and that's changing so um tell us more about the, the this kind of shift to programmatic what does that what does that actually mean yeah 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 so that's one of the reasons why i i joined click iq actually because i saw them as being a leader in this kind of space. Click IQ is a automated job advertising platform. It is the future, in my opinion, especially the future of sourcing, because although, as I said, there are lots of tools out there to help you find people due to privacy concerns and all these data breaches that you, you hear about online, people aren't putting as much information about themselves as they used to do. So, uh, when you have these tools that can go out and find people based on the information they've posted, if they're not posting that information, then what are you going to find? That's why Click IQ is very relevant now, and I think will be increasingly relevant in the future. Uh, the things that I like about Click IQ is that it posts your jobs, whether that's 100 jobs or a million jobs, uh, out to the various job boards out there through our media partners. And once those jobs are posted on the various job boards, candidates, of course, will see them and apply and, and click on them for more information and so forth. At that point, uh, it's a free ride <laughs> for, for the company. But after a while, if your ads are not performing and you're not getting the clicks, you're not getting the applies, well, then our system will automatically take it to another level and place those um, job advertisements in premium slots on the different job boards. Um, and if your jobs are not performing there, then it goes to another level uh, through the Google ad network and people who are on Google can see your job advertisings that way. Uh, it can also go to another level, uh, which is social, meaning that people can see your job advertising inside of a Facebook news feed. They can see it inside of an Instagram news feed. And uh, if they want to get more information after seeing it in news feed, they can click a button and engage with a chat bot. That chatbot can answer, uh, ask them questions such as their name, um, uh, phone number, uh, what do they want to know about the job, things like that, basic questions. And then let's say someone, which is which is what I like about the chatbot feature that we have. Let's say they're talking to the chatbot and they decide that they want to uh, leave for a moment without completing the uh, questions that the chatbot has. Well, since they uh, have elected to engage the chatbot initially, the chatbot will follow up with them uh, a little bit later, say maybe a few hours later. Say, hey, mate, you, we, we, were, we were having a discussion about this opportunity. Do you want to finish answering these questions? You know, yes or no, that kind of thing. So I really like that because, as you know, chatbots are 24-7, so you can always engage candidates 24-7 which is what I like about it. So all that to say, 
Uh, I really like Click IQ. I really like the whole programmatic thing because um, people aren't putting information out there, but you're going to have to attract them. And one way to attract them for sure is with job advertising. So why not uh, advertise your jobs and save time and money at the same time? Fantastic stuff, and that uh, you know that makes um, that that makes a lot of uh, a lot of sense as a as a process. Um, earlier on, you were you were sort of talking about um, employer branding and its and its kind of importance, and I can obviously see in the um, in, in the context where you're having to reach out to to reach out to people um, that that kind of brand element is um, you know is 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 pretty critical. Um, what what should people be to be doing to to build that what are you what are you kind of seeing in the market at the moment what um what's uh, what's what's good yeah in terms of branding i i'm gonna i'm gonna call out uh a company i use a lot amazon and because i think they have a very interesting uh tightrope that they walk on right they have i don't know if you're aware of it over there but they've received a lot of negative press recently um over how they have been treating their warehouse workers. And uh, when you read the reports of how some people who work at Amazon are super stressed, overworked, overworked to the point of, of uh, contemplating suicide and committing suicide, that's a very uh, negative news report that people will be reading about when they consider working for Amazon. Uh, so even if you are not working, even, even if you're not pursuing work as a warehouse worker for Amazon and say you, you may be going to work on the cloud or, or tech, that kind of thing, because Amazon is getting so much negative press around their warehouse workers. I imagine that several people who probably would have liked to work for Amazon because it's a good brand, they may have second thoughts because of all the negative publicity uh, Amazon is getting over how they're treating their warehouse workers. So uh, one thing that Amazon would want to do, I would think, is find a way to change that in their warehouses, not just so that they can employ more warehouse people, but because they want to employ people in other aspects of their company. And they want to show that they care for their workers, because if I was a, a software developer thinking of Amazon, I'm going to think you treat your warehouse workers that way. How are you going to treat me? Kind of a thing. So uh, I think that, you know, long way around that question, I think that uh, to uh, protect your employer brand is, is, is crucial. You know, it's how you treat the lowest worker, is how you treat the highest worker and everything in between. And I think that every recruiter who may work for Amazon at this point should have in their back pocket, so to speak, a series of positive stories of how Amazon has helped uh, them personally, how Amazon has helped other workers inside the company, how Amazon gives back to uh, the community, how it may help the environment, what have you. They need to have at least 10 other stories of positive things Amazon has done uh, to counteract that negative, those negative reports and say basically, uh, yes, we are having challenges in that one area, but in all these hundred other areas, we're doing pretty good. So um, and, and there's no other reason we need people like you to help us figure out how to make that one area and where we're lacking a bit better. So 
we, you know, we've talked about um, how recruiters are having to change. We've talked about um, um, how sourcing is changing, and we, we've sort of talked a, a little bit there about employer branding. Um, as a as a kind of a final question, because I know this is something that you you, you think about and uh, uh, research into quite a lot. How's work changing? What what does the future of work look like from your perspective? Oh, I see a lot of things being done in the name of efficiency. For example, there's this company in uh, Wisconsin called Red Square Market that implants microchips inside of its uh, employees. Uh, it's, it's about the size of a piece of rice uh, inside of their, um, between their thumb and forefinger. And once that microchip is implanted in the employee, the employee can wave their hand over a, um, over a pad and they're able to enter into the office building or buy food from a vending machine, or make copies, um, all from the standpoint of workplace efficiency. Now, the employees can volunteer to do this. It's not mandatory, uh, but it, I, I found it all a bit weird because even though that microchip is conveniently in their hand, I don't really see it adding any additional value that, say, a key card couldn't do. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, that is what's that is what's happening, and that's not even the first time I've heard of people doing that. Like I know that in Sweden, they have this um, this this movement. Uh, I think four. I want to say four thousand, several thousand people have these microchips planted in their feet, so that they walk, when they walk through a train station, they don't have to to take a ticket out or pay for a ticket. The information is uh, scanned from the microchip inside their feet. And their tickets are paid for and they golf their merry way. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, another example of the future of work is something I'm seeing in China. In China, if you are working in a factory, you'll be wearing a helmet. Inside that helmet is uh, some sort of technology that reads your brain waves. So um, by reading your brain waves, your manager can look on a computer screen and see if you are stressed or angry or any number of emotions. And if they surmise that you are so stressed, then perhaps you need to take a break from the factory line so that you can calm down and relax yourself. Or maybe everyone on the factory line is stressed, so they need to take an early break or make changes in the uh, work process so that people are a little less stressed. Or maybe there are some people on the line that are so stressed that they need to be fired. So there is there is that. Uh, IBM has a magic algorithm that can detect when someone is getting ready to leave a company, and they say that they can that their algorithm uh, predicts with ninety percent accuracy, uh, which is you know I I think it's debatable, but they say that they were they're able to do that. Um, with that algorithm, they're able to, of course, see when people are are leaving a job. And so at that point, what they will do is they'll have a manager approach a, a candidate and say, hey, how do you feel about taking on these new projects? How do you feel about taking on this new role? All in a bid to retain their staff over time. So uh, I see a lot of interesting things like that. And I also see, uh, we'll, we'll give you one more example because I think this is really, really amazing to me. There's this company called Percolata that installs sensors inside of uh, a retail outlet. So let's say that you are the owner of a convenience store slash gas station and you employ uh, Percolata to, to put these sensors inside of your store. 
So once these sensors are installed, they're able to do things like this. They will monitor how much money is made in the store when Matt is in behind the register. And they'll measure it when Jim is behind the register. And they'll say, okay, when Matt is behind the register, then sales increase by 8%. And when Jim is in the store, people stay in the store uh, 10 minutes longer because they like talking to Jim. Well, we'll see uh, by the weather report, it's going to be 80 degrees Fahrenheit on Saturday. There's a big game down the street. There's a concert just a little bit further on down the road. So we anticipate a lot of foot traffic. So on that Saturday, we want you to have Matt and Jim in the store because that will increase uh, sales by at least 10% by our predictive analytics. And because Jim will talk to them and they'll stay in the store longer, chances are they'll buy more stuff. So that's, an, that's another example of, of Tony Stark, where you have, a, you have uh, AI machine learning analyzing everything possible about the workspace, and then recommendations are made to where you have the best people in place uh, to, to talk to the customers, showing that no matter how much um, technology there, you still need that human touch, people in the room who can actually converse with other people and get things done. So Tony Stark, not Terminator. I was going to say it sounds like a cross between Iron Man and and Minority Report, but um, I'm relie- relieved to hear that uh, you know there's there's still a role for for humans within all of that. Um, uh, very last question, Jim. Where where can people find you online? Where can they access your content? Sure, sure. If they want to see my personal content, uh, you can go to jimstroud.com. All my stuff is there. J i m s t r o u d dot com. Audio uh, podcasts, videos, comic strips, <laughs> and so forth. Uh, but if you want to save money and time with your job advertising, by all means, reach out to me by email. It's jim at clickiq.us, C-L-I-C-K-I-Q.us. Jim, thank you very much for talking to me. You're quite welcome. My thanks to Jim Stroud. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.